Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I'm Nicola Talent and you can listen to my brand new podcast, Beast, The Murder of Nora Sheen, streaming now wherever you get your podcasts. The only person that has actually confirmed that he is the person on the tape is Sam Basla because he's saying I was coerced, this is entrapment um, and also I believe that he doesn't really say anything incriminating on him, he talks about Palestine and Gaza and the Israelis and Mossad and all sorts of other things but doesn't talk about guns or weapons or anything like that the rest of them just haven't said anything they are not saying whether it's them or not but I mean the tips are very clear I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World a podcast about criminals drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He is the alleged new IRA chief who has spent more than three years in custody awaiting trial but is now going to have to wait some more after being denied bail. David Jordan was told this week he must remain in prison until he comes before the courts to answer a charge of being chair of the terror group's army council. Today I'm talking to the Belfast Telegraph's crime correspondent Alison Morris about the case faced by Jordan and how the new IRA were allegedly infiltrated by MI5 agent Dennis McFadden. I'm Niall Donald and this is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So Alison, David Jordan or Davy Jordan failed to get bail this week and it just means that he's not able to join his wife who who did get bail. But of course we did see David, David Jordan out getting out um for a christening, was it recently? Was it a christening? It was It was a christening. He was to be accompanied by two people and he was allowed out for several hours to attend his grandchild's christening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he met up with obviously his wife, who is also charged as part of the same operation, Arbacia, um, MI5 Sting. Um, and the two of them had been, you know, on remand, waiting, facing charges because the, the wheels of justice in Northern Ireland run incredibly slow. Um, since August 2020, they'd been refused bail on several occasions, and then she's finally made a, a successful bail application. But just earlier this week, then he was refused 
bail again. I think that he was hopeful of the fact that he had got a compassionate release and the fact that she's out and several other people connected to the Arbacia um, investigation have been released, that he might have been successful on this occasion, but the judge once again refused refused him bail. Uh, yeah, I think they, he was described in court at one stage as a mindset that is impervious to change, which I thought was a, a lovely uh, a lovely phrase because he has, of course, been involved in dissident uh, republicanism for three decades. I think it was described as like he is um, one of the one of the veterans of the movement. He's, he's a lifelong Republican. He's um, one of those people who I think you know he, he is sort of seeped in that type of republicanism. Um, and is still, as they said in the court, wedded at maybe that militant side of republicanism, whereas many of maybe his former associates and comrades, as he would call them, have moved on long ago, maybe into a more political um, political field. But interestingly, he's, he's from Dungannon in, in County Tyrone. And as I said, he's married to Sharon Jordan or Sharon, Sharon Rafferty, as she was once called. Um, who was also charged in relation to that, Sharon Rafferty, again, as someone who would be considered a lifelong Republican of that kind of, you know, armed militant side of the Republican movement. They they claim that he is the the chair of the, the New Area's Army Council, and this is all based on two meetings that um, were bugged. In fact, David Jordan was actually bugged three times. Most of them were only bugged twice, but they attended meetings in, um, in County Tyrone in Oma, and the, they were in the summer of 2020. But those meetings were organised, those houses were booked and organised by a guy called Dennis McFadden, who is just a fascinating character. He's someone in all my years of security journalism. I don't think I've ever met anyone quite like or came across a character quite like Dennis McFadden. He's Scottish, he's in Glasgow, and he was a former special constable in Glasgow. Um, and he arrived in Northern Ireland over 20 years ago. At first, he used to run um, a nightclub, run the bouncers in a nightclub that would have been attended. At that stage, it would have been a very loyalist nightclub. Johnny Adair would have frequented this nightclub. It was in the time, I suppose, the very early days of the um, push on ecstasy. And so there'd have been a lot of drug dealing would have went on um, in this nightclub and the drug dealing was run by the C Company of the UDA. And he told people there that he was a former member of the Parachute Regiment um, and he infiltrated them that way. And then fast forward a few years later, and he next thing you know, he arrives in Republican circles and he joins um, Sinn Féin in North Antrim. And at this stage, he claims that he is an Erlingus pilot um, to account for his frequent absences because this guy disappears for long periods and then comes back again. Um, and he joined Sinn Féin up there. And there was questions raised because he was living in an area of Carrick, which would have been very loyalist. And people who were members of the same Sinn Féin common were saying, is this guy for real? I mean, Harkis is living there. And he's, I, we just don't, there's something not sitting right with us. And one of them happened to have a relative, I think it was a daughter, who was a um, stewardess for Lincoln, And she was able to check the staff um, registry and come back and say there is no pilot of that name that exists. And he was pushed then out of Sinn Féin, but then moved along again and befriended a guy called Tony Catney. Tony Catney would have been a former professional IRA prisoner, but he fell out with the um, the mainstream um, organisation after the ceasefires and after, well, he actually stayed after the ceasefires. He fell out in and around, I suppose, the time of policing. 
And it was also claimed that Tony Catney's name appeared on those stolen documents that came out of Castle Ray, that the IRA did this robbery. They got these documents that showed who was working for Special Branch. They claimed Tony Catney was one of those people. I interviewed Tony Catney at the time. He denied this. He since died. He died of cancer. So he befriended him and Tony Catney tried to set up a super group. So you had the continuity IRA. At that stage, you had Uglin Hearn, Owen H, who were carrying out attacks on, on police officers. And you also had the real IRA. So the real IRA people most associate with the Oma bomb. Tony Catney said, we should all join forces and form this super group. Now, mm-hmm. if you were MI5 and you wanted to keep an eye on Republicans, it's much easier to watch one group than watch a whole lot of other yes. separate groups. So you can see where the sense in this was coming from. It almost got off the ground. And then some people said, no, this something with this isn't sitting right. And then they pulled out. So it ended up the new IRA was announced. It was a merger between the real IRA, some what they called independent Republicans from in and around the Tyrone area. They would be people who'd be quite well known. And a group called Radic, um, Republican Action Against Drugs, which was a vigilante group based in Derry, who were just kneecapping, um, you know, basically kids and low-level criminals at that time. And that was where the new IRA came. But Dennis McFadden was at the heart of all of that. He was right there at the very beginning and the formation of that. And the entire time, this boy's MI5. So it, we don't know uh, if he's going to appear in, during the trials, do we? Like that hasn't been told to, that hasn't been part of the evidence that's given so far. No, he hasn't appeared on any of the witness lists. So it's not sure whether, like clearly the defence are going to want him produced because the only defence these people have, because they don't really have much of a defence, because they're recorded. And I have covered cases before, but there's been covert surveillance and recording and it's not great. So it'll be like grainy sort of CCTV yeah. footage. It'll be, you know, sort of daft, you know, voice recordings. And then they have to get these voice experts in to say, is this this person's voice? That's not an exact science. You know, we've seen cases like that collapse. Clearly, MI5 learning by their mistakes. I am told by people who have watched these tapes that you may as well be sitting, you know, in the Cinemax, you know, watching something on the screen. It's so clear. And they had every part of this house bugged. At one stage, two of them say, you know, come out into the hall. They have a word with you in private. And the tape switches to the hall because it's bugged as well. So the whole house are wired for sound. And these houses are... Um, booked and paid for by who? But Dennis McFadden. He's the organizer. I'll sort this out. And you can hear people saying, you know, Dennis Griffella sorts everything out for us. Um, and they're all bugged. Now, Davy Jordan, he's very senior or alleged to be very senior in this organization. So he's also bugged in a in a um an Airbnb in Edinburgh, because in Edinburgh we have someone called um Dr. Sam Basilat, who's a, a, a GP who came from Palestine and he'd been working in Scotland as a, a GP. He went and spoke at a new IRA Ardesh in Newry at one stage, spoke about, you know, the struggle between the Palestinian and the Irish people and the, you know, connections between them. And he then claims he was entrapped by Dennis McFadden. He was phoned up and said, you know, Davy Jordan's in town, come on down, meet him. He'd also booked this Airbnb apartment and then they're all filmed in there as well. Um, and they also alleged David Jordan then travelled to Beirut. And interestingly, as part of those tapes, and we've heard this during bail hearings by these people as things have went along, they talk about bombing um, Shannon Airport because obviously Shannon's used by the American military. And in this, they have this discussion with say, why do we bomb Shannon Airport? That'll obviously curry his favour with Islamic extremists in the Middle East. And they're, you know, the boys that you can get the, the guns and the, the ammunition and the explosives off. And like, obviously, I think David Jordan has said that that isn't me on the tapes, but obviously he hasn't said anything. Has he not, no. no, 
they didn't speak during interview. Yeah, they yeah. haven't said anything. Yeah. Um, they have neither said it. The only person that has actually confirmed that he is the person on the tape is Sam Baselat because he's saying, I was coerced. This is entrapment. Um, and also, I believe that he doesn't really say anything incriminating on no. him. He talks about Palestine and Gaza and the Israelis and Mossad and all sorts of other things, but doesn't talk about guns or weapons or anything like that. The rest of them just haven't said anything. They are not saying whether it's them or not. But I mean, the tips are very clear yeah. that it is them. Their defense, if they're going to mount one, yeah. will have to be one of entrapment because that will be the only defense really that they can walk with. So if that, like, I mean, obviously, if that arises, if they plead not guilty and it goes to court, will will the, the uh, Dennis McFadden have to appear and, and give that evidence? I mean, it would be an incredible case. Uh, you know, I don't know if it, if it as a, would be admissible without him, would it? We don't know. It would be box office. I mean, I will yeah. be there front and centre in the press box if Dennis McFadden yeah. is produced. Um, because this guy is fascinating. Like 20 odd years is a spook infiltrating various different groups, but right at the heart of the new IRA for 10 years. And they had no idea. It wasn't like they pulled him out because people were suspicious. Yeah. They weren't at all. They pulled him out just because basically what we are told is that after the murder of Larry McKee, that um Theresa May yeah. actually said, What have you gotten these boys? And was briefed, look, we have an informer right at the center. And she went, arrest them all and pull them out. And this operation then was launched. And Dennis McFadden was pulled out then. I mean, it's not like we like we don't even know. For example, was he somebody who ended up in there and then became a, a MI five agent, yeah. or was he like a, a like a a sleeper, like in in the departed type of thing? Yeah. You know, we we don't know that, do we? At this point, I suspect that he has always been MI five. I mean, I have nothing to you know base that on, yeah. other than the fact that the amount of different groups that he bounced around, the fact that he arrived here and then infiltrated a Dursey company at one stage and was running around loyalists, albeit they clocked him quite quickly because they obviously knew plenty of people who were in the parachute regiment. He said, "No chance, doesn't you know? We don't know this fella." Um, the fact that the new RA didn't clock him, I think, was, you know, is something that there are people now saying, look, we raise suspicions about him. And we're told, no, Dennis is a, you know, Dennis is a great guy. But, um, yeah, the fact I do, th- I think he's always been MI5. And I also then, he had a partner and a, a young child. She was much younger than him. And she obviously disappeared with him when he, when he disappeared. Um and because in Westminster, in the minute in, in England, obviously they're having the undercover um, officers inquiry where we're looking at these men who, you know, had relationships with women. Some of them had children to these women. And then one day they just disappeared off the face of the earth because well, they were undercover like, cops. Yeah, environmental yeah. And, and left-wing groups. Yeah, like anti-war the, groups and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Um, so because of all that and because of the, the, the legislation changed after that, I don't think that he would have been allowed to have been in a relationship with this one without her knowing who he was. So she um, has went with him and she's left with him. Um, uh, and she hasn't been seen again since. We don't know where he is. Clearly he's in witness protection somewhere. I think that the defence will try and push for him to appear. But as I said, he's not on any of the um, of the witness lists. And then interestingly, there are 10 people charged, but there are some people who also attended those meetings who were never charged. And so there's um, clouds of suspicion, you know, around them and what they were up to. And also people who we know to be in a leadership position in the new IRA who just weren't there. They were disgusted at these meetings, but but strangely just decided that day that they had something else on and didn't show yeah. up. And yeah. you'd wonder, like, you know, what information they had ahead of time, no, not to not to be there. It is, it's like it's James Bond stuff, you know, it is, it's fascinating. Oh, by the way, the, the story that he told the new IRA, so we had the parachute regiment, the Aer Lingus right. pilot, 
he told the NRA he was a hotel safety inspector. And right. that's why he disappeared off the face of the earth for weeks on end. And he found the way to the to the heart of a, the dissident Republicans was with holidays and and trips yeah. to Celtic and stuff like that. He was giving them tickets to Celtic. He was also um, Kevin Murphy. He's one of the ones who is also charged. He said one of the leaders of the new IRA. Him and his wife and McFadden and his partner went away on three all expenses paid holidays to Spain where I'm assuming when there was uh, a bit of drink taken that you know loose talk all around the place and goodness knows what kind of you know secrets were given to McFadden then but yeah I mean the the funny thing is that you know when organizations like that host have any kind of meeting there would be someone who would be in charge of like checking for bugs but who was the person who was in charge of checking for bugs? Right, Dennis right. McFadden. <laughs> right. There would also be someone who's in charge of the cleanup operation afterwards to make sure that everything's cleaned away. Again, Dennis McFadden. So these people, you know, they're sitting, some of them are smoking, they're drinking tea, they're drinking coffee. Uh, and at the end of it, it's like Dennis McFadden's like, I clean all that up, don't you worry. <laughs> and the next thing, you know, they're no sooner gone, MI5 sweep in, they take away all the coffee cups. So there's DNA all over that as well. Um uh, but the thing about it is, is I suppose when it comes to the bail stuff, our courts work so slow. This this case is unlikely to make it into court anytime until probably near the end or the start of 2025. That's the, the you know, uh, conservative estimate. In the meantime, you know, how long can you keep someone on remand? Bear in mind, remand prisoners are innocent until proven guilty. I did a story about the fact that there was lots of talk in the legal world that there was, a, you know, some sort of diktat saying, do not bail dissident Republicans, whereas you had... People who were like high profile loyalists who are waiting trial, people like Winston Irvine, who was um, caught, you know, uh, stopped in a car that had guns in the boot. He's obviously denying those allegations, but he was bailed within days. And people would point to that and the fact that these people had spent, you know, three years on remand. So what we have left is basically there's the, the ones who have been bailed is Mandy Duffy, whose actual name is Amanda McCabe, but she has received bail, but it took three years for her to get it, Sharon. Jordan, Sharon Rafferty got bail. Dr. Sam Baslett was bailed quite early on because he took a heart attack in prison and had significant health um, issues. So he's on bail. And then you have um, two other ones, which is a guy called Paddy McDade, who renounced violence during his bail here. Just said, I want nothing more to do with these people. I'm denouncing all violence. Um, and he was given bail as well. And then you had... Well, some of the other ones are obviously coming up with others. Another guy called Joe Barr, and he, through his solicitor... Also said he had denounced violence, renounced violence completely, wanted nothing more to do with him, and he received bail. So there's only a handful of them now left um, in McGabry on remand. And if they don't get bail, they'll be on remand for like five years by the time their trial comes around. You know, it's it's a strange situation because I don't think you'd see that in many other jurisdictions. No, I mean it's a very long time. Um, and they're, I mean, they're obviously all facing charges relating to the the operation of the IRA and and. And membership presumably i mean like i was amazed when there, there was talk there recently about the, the the uvf and and just the strength of numbers i think it was somebody was i can't remember the exact number i think it was somebody said estimated three thousand members or something across the country but i mean they wouldn't yeah a lot yeah. of them would be dormant so and what like the, in terms of the new IRA, like do we know like this is certainly ten people charged who are alleged to be at the very top of the organization. Like does does it have a face an existential threat from these these that sort of numbers of people being taken out or what sort of numbers are left in it? Like it's very hard 
I suppose, to know these things, but is there guessing? Have, yeah, they would only have a few hundred members. A lot of them would work in sort of supportive roles, if you know what I mean, rather, um, and, you know, uh, revenue raising, paramilitary groups yeah. need money, you know, organisations like that aren't groups that need money. Um, so they would work on that sort of side of it. In terms of people who are actual operators, people who would actually carry bombings and shootings, you can run that down to double figures. Um, and then what we've seen with the Arbatia operation is once those 10 people were arrested, um, we also see that with, you know, there was arrest of a couple of people in Belfast and all of a sudden the attacks in Belfast just disappeared off the face of the earth. It didn't happen. You know, at the time, people were saying they've cut the head off a snake. That's it. You know, the rest withers away and dies. And I do think that MI5 took their eye off the ball because they thought we've finished them off. You know, we've put their alleged leadership behind bars. And then we had the attack then earlier this year on John Caldwell. So he was yep. shot while he was, you know, packing up his car after a football training session with his son. And it was clearly, there's clearly been a complete breach of intelligence in terms of that. You know, hard as a group that's so heavily infiltrated, then able to carry out an attempted murder attempt on one of probably the most high profile detectives in yep. Northern Ireland at the time. You know, he had been on the news quite a bit around that time because he'd been involved in several sort of high profile murders and he'd been doing the press in relation to that. Those, you know, there's there's a massive amount of people arrested in relation to that. I think at this stage we're up to 13. And that yeah. is the most bizarre situation. It because, is because yeah. it's not it's not the traditional uh, round of the usual suspects from the Republican community. Like it's a mixture of all uh, religions and criminal gangs and people with links to loyalist paramilitaries. It's, uh, yeah. it's an unusual one, I think, isn't it? The prosecution are claiming it's a joint enterprise. They're claiming it's a joint enterprise between people who just disliked John Caldwell. John Caldwell has been investigating right back to you go back to the the, the Ronan Kerr murder. Um, he's investigated several major drugs, bust ATM robberies, which it's alleged some of these people are involved in. So there's a, a family, the McLeans, who are a loyalist family. The sort of, you know, the, the father figure, the patriarch of that family is actually a former U, UVF prisoner. He did time for the UVF way back in the 80s. Um, and the sons have all been arrested, as then has Gavin Coyle, who is someone who is already convicted of um, new IRA membership, but he pleaded guilty to that and is serving a sentence for that. Um, so it's a, it was a strange collection of people that you wouldn't necessarily put together, but it give like a sort of an insight into how the lines can blur, I suppose. You know, it really is my enemy's enemies, my friend stuff. You know, if we all dislike this guy enough, you know, could we work together on him? Well, I mean, it would certainly, if 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 Dennis McFadden ever ends up in the witness stand, we'd, we'd definitely be doing uh, daily updates, I think, for for well, point. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that the, the defence are clearly very keen to ask Dennis McFadden. I think the prosecution would be keen to keep him away and hope that the video evidence stands on its own. But, I mean, the defence are, are very clear um, would very clearly want to try and say that this guy has conjured all this up as a form of entrapment, you know, and that anything that was said was just bravado, you know, that the no intentions of doing any of this. So that's going to be the test when it actually comes to court, if it ever comes to court, because can I just tell you, the longest running terror trial yeah. currently through the courts in Northern Ireland, that of Colin Duffy um, and Harry Fitzsimmons, is now in its 10th year. Which is incredible, of course. Insane. And that includes covert surveillance as well. Yeah. Okay, Alison, I'll be definitely keeping top of it all because it is it is uh, James Bond and, and a bit of a bit of uh, Johnny English if you remember the, uh, <laughs> the the not so slick James Bond as well. So thanks very much, Alison. No problem. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com. 
produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.